They say, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I wonder... <laughs> That's a lie! <laughs> Hello and welcome to Work Life No Balance, the podcast that helps you take a fresh look at how to achieve work-life balance in today's always connected, work-centric world. This episode, I'm talking to Malti B. Lee. Malti's CV goes like this. Physics undergrad at Cambridge, biophysics PhD at UCL, management consultant at BCG, and now full-time professional artist. This episode was recorded a few months ago in April 2023, when I was considering going full-time with this podcast. And I wanted to hear from someone that had actually taken that leap from the corporate world to a creative so-called passion job. As it turns out, a lot of the learnings I took, which I summarise at the end of the episode, helped me in my recent decision to go into business with my wife. So, if you've ever thought about starting your own business, but you're struggling to make the leap, this is for you. Or if you've ever wondered what it would be like to do your dream job, this episode will give you a picture of what life might look like. Who knows, after listening, you might just take the plunge. We'll jump right into the conversation straight after I've asked Malti about the challenges she faced transitioning from academia to management consultancy to art. There was a lot of imposter syndrome, I would say. Um, in fact, at all of these pivots, there's always imposter syndrome um, for me. And and also just, you know, people know me as either first sort of a scientist, a person who's really, you know, in the academic world, and then secondly as a management consultant. And having to go back and tell these people that I've left this arguably like quite competitive job to go paint um, was really, really hard. And I didn't tell anyone at first, actually. I think it took me months before I sort of even mentioned to my closest friends back in London that I'm actually selling my work now and pursuing this as a full-time career rather than just a this is my year off, which is how I actually started doing this. This mm. I was planning to take a year out. Um, I moved to California. I was planning to take a year out um, and then go back into the corporate world. Um, but then we found art and realized that I had the itch to really double down on it and do something I always wanted to do just right now rather than waiting for another 20 years to start that and move on with that. Yeah. And, and when you were talking about um, people, you were talking about telling yeah. people. And I was, <laughs> I was thinking, like, who are these people that you're talking about? Um, you mentioned friends. Uh, I mean, you're from an Indian background like I am. A family for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, there we go. Um, how is that? How is that conversation? I'm assuming you've told them. <laughs> Yeah, now, now I'm comfortable introducing myself as an artist. Um, it took me a really long time to get there. Mm. No, it was surprisingly good. My parents were amazing about it. Um, I think I was a bit taken aback at how supportive they were about it. And I've been reflecting on it recently, actually, and I think it's a lot to do with the fact that, to be honest, if I fail as an artist and I need to go back into the corporate world or go make some money, I think I'm going to be okay. I can go get a job. I'm, mm. I've got a solid foundation and like a safety net in sort of my CV. I'm very comfortable with that. And I think it's that having a safety net and being quite 
sensible about taking the risks especially right now you know i'm only 30 i don't own a home i mean my 30 um in my 30s um don't own my own home yet um but i have a, a sort of i guess I guess my parents are always worried about the financial side of things mm. um, and the fact that I have my backup home, I quite screwed, my head screwed on when it comes to money, but they're comfortable with that. So they trust me to like do what I need to do to make me happy and, and let me be. And I think that's where the, it's, it's good you're pursuing your dream because we've also figured out what we need to do to go live basically. Yeah. So I guess um, kind of you, you're you. There's no regrets about the the path that you decided to take at uni and then going to consulting in the sense that it provides you with kind of the safety net that allows you to then explore this passion, where there is, I guess, less security. You got less certain income, right? And and yeah, how's That's how's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's really uncomfortable I find it really hard and that's been one of the hardest things for me it's it's the fact that I don't have a stable income anymore and and a pretty good income at that right management consulting did was was quite a financially stable and a a, a, a great place to be from that point to be and now I, I feel like I'm on the complete opposite end of that. Um, most of the artists I see around me um, have to have a couple of different jobs on site to, to maintain their own artistic practices or their sort of freelancers as well. And they're doing a lot of things to make ends meet. And I know I'm in the privileged position that I can take a bit of time doing exactly what I want. I don't have to worry about money. Um, I've got my own cushion that I've built up over the years that allows me to do this and, and go you know, full in without worrying too much. So that, you know, I, I feel privileged to be in this situation for sure. And I know that not everyone is in that position. I mean, um, but I've worked hard to build this up. And and also I would say is the, also, the other reason I don't regret my other experiences from the PhD to management consulting is I love doing those things at the time. Mm. The learning that comes with them, um, you know, diving really deep into a really niche part of science through to, you know, working in all different industries, helping solve business problems um, was, was fabulous. And the people that you meet along the way um, really made those fulfilling for at least portions of the time. It was just, I didn't see long-term this is where I want to be in, you know, when I retire. So what else? What else is there? I would love your advice because I'm I, I almost struggle with this a bit with doing this podcast. I love it. Um yeah. and I, I don't I don't have to do it. So there's no there's no sort of need to earn that's driving this because I, you know, I've also got uh, a job that I'm doing four days a week where I'm being paid. So at least yeah. at the moment I I'm not relying on this for income. But yes. I find myself like I, I overwork, let's put it this way, on the podcast because, um, yeah, I just really enjoy it. And so sometimes I'll find myself that when I'm, you know, kind of having downtime, my brain's still going on it and I'm thinking mm -hmm. about ideas. And, you know, part of that is a really great feeling. Um, I feel energized yeah. by it. 
but at some point obviously it, it gets a bit too much i'm like whoa I, I really need to step back and have some rest and i wonder yeah is, does any of that resonate with you and any any advice you could give to me <laughs> 100% resonates. It's, it's actually been a big struggle and it's been a struggle I've been surprised by because I was like, well, I'm, I'm choosing to do this. Yeah. I, no one's making me do anything. All the goals or, you know, the cadence that I've set is set by me. Um, and I think the advice I would give or, or what I'm learning and trying to do myself is just this is this cadence really necessary? And is this realistic? Or, you know, if I think about, I, I'm working towards this show right now, it's, I need to install in May. Um, and I ended up applying for a bunch of other shows while I was waiting, not like without hearing back. And suddenly I've got my whole calendar blocked out for, I think till, like October or something where I've got weekends blocked out but now I've got to be really intentional about okay I can only apply to do two shows maybe a month if that um I think next year I'm probably going to go down to one show a month maximum mm. because it's just not sustainable and it's not necessary either so I think really being mindful of the the cadences or what you're trying to achieve is that really necessary is that going to have a big impact or if I think about social media there's this whole thing you need to post regularly um which I sort of hopped on the bandwagon of at the beginning and and it was exhausting and I was like I just don't have time for this and now I've instead of posting every day I'm posting every other day which feels a lot more manageable for me um and sure maybe I won't get the growth that as quickly or whatever it is but does that really matter in the grand scheme of things I don't know if it helps save me mental stress and gives me a bit more energy to do other things it's that kind of where do I where can I cut back on and I've been a lot more conscious and where can I cut back on um mm. also on the mental space my mind also is constantly going to art stuff I need to like stop talking about art stuff and I always like when I start talking about art stuff particularly to my partner I'm just like nope I know I'm talking about art stuff I'm gonna stop now this is for like these times and outside of these times no more art chats like and I've, I've had to like intentionally think about these things and set my boundaries around them it's hard though it's really it hard because this is something that I'm also personally starting to play with at the moment with things like this podcast and certainly the creative energy that it's pulling from me is quite different in a way to my other work and the jobs that I've done mm -hmm. in things like operations and finance um did you experience something because I guess what you're doing now is is a lot more at least on paper creative than I suppose consulting would you agree yes you don't have Sunday. to you don't have to agree no I, I <laughs> I do agree. I mean, the the actual physical act of painting and then making the actual pieces. Yes, that's you know undeniably more creative because it's just me coming up with stuff and putting it on paper. But the rest of it isn't. And I would say actually, mm. when it comes to being a working artist, maybe I spend fifty percent of my time painting and fifty percent of my time on 
on all the other stuff. Um, and I would say consulting can be quite creative and same with academia. You have to always think outside the box. You've got to think of creative solutions um, or creative experiments or ideas to, mm. to figure out what's actually going on. Um, because if someone else hasn't already solved it, it's got to be a little bit more complicated than surface level. Um, mm. So that creative thinking, I think, is something that has been a thread through everything that I've done, actually. Yeah. Okay, great. So I yes mean, I'm, no. okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you challenged it. It's um, it's something that then I, I, I wonder if I, um, I sort of didn't... Um, maybe I underplayed the creative potential of my previous jobs on paper wouldn't be i think that is possibly a good lesson for people that you quite often hear from people i don't get to be creative i'm a creative person but i don't get to be creative in my job because i'm doing ops or finance or consulting strategy um but actually there probably are opportunities to to play on that yeah so you you now have your own business that's very different to being an employee in a huge consulting firm yes um they say um do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life and i wonder <laughs> right i was gonna ask for your That's opinion a lie. On that. yes <laughs> i i say more say more i mean <laughs> i guess it if you don't find joy in any of the work you do i get that but doing what you love it's still working hard and it's still tiring and you still have I don't know um different priorities there's a lot of tension and competing priorities I would say you know I would still love to take more time off but I don't feel like I can take time off right now um I was in Hawaii last week and before I went I was freaking out quite a lot that I had to take a whole week off where I literally could not do anything when I've got a show coming up and like back-to-back -back events that I'm not quite ready for. And and it was really hard to switch off. Um, and so I totally disagree with that. Um, even when you're doing something you love, I think you're still working hard. There's just more fulfillment with it, I would say. Mm. So I feel more fulfilled with what I'm doing. And I don't know if I want to work more than I have before necessarily, but there's that passion there, yes, that's driving me to work and I'm enjoying it. But I would say I found that passion to work before and when it wasn't necessarily my dream. Um, so that's my personal take on it. That's really refreshing to hear because, to be honest, I could have expected you to say that I was in consulting, I hated it, and now I'm doing my dream job. Because that's what the movie will say. And that, that actually moved to California. <laughs> um, but actually, it's, it's, it's a lot more nuanced than that. Actually, what you're saying is you were able to, you were also able to find your passion in, in academia and consulting. And now you're trying another area which you feel passionate about. Um, so I think, I think it's a really interesting lesson as well, because what it means is, is that the message for the listeners is not go and do your necessarily like just go and do your dream job because I also know that as you say you sort of 
you you took a year to trial it and you, you wanted probably got a bit of proof of concept before saying okay i'm yeah. gonna try it for a bit longer which is a big piece of it but actually there is such a a message here as well of around you know finding the passion in in whatever you're doing and the obviously there has to be some connection but but yeah i totally resonate with that and it's that finding passion in whatever you're doing i think that's so important because i think that's probably why people say this whole um um i don't know what was the quote like the the, the phrase do, do what the, you love what, and you'll never yeah. work a day in your life yeah i'm like if, if you if you don't find any joy in what you're doing then I'm sure that's true. But I think there is joy to be found in any sort of role, um, however small or big that is. And I think it's a lot about how we frame what we're doing. Mm. And, and let's face it, everything that we think is, is about, you know, it's based on our perspective, our lived experiences. It's about how the people around us as well help us frame what we think about what we're doing around us um and how we live our lives and so it's that frame of reference i think that needs to potentially change if you're not finding any joy in what you're doing Mm. um because there is always something there's a reason that you're doing this even if it's not specifically about the job itself but it's allowing this job is allowing you to do something else maybe there's a reason that you're doing it. And and maybe it's coming from a privileged position um, in the roles that I've had in the past and, and having that autonomy to choose what I'm doing and, and having that flexibility as well. I'm conscious that I'm in that position and in that group of people. Um, mm. And it might be that perspective that I'm speaking to, but that's how I think. Yeah. That's my frame of reference. Um, something I'm, I, yeah, I, I think about a lot at the moment um, is sort of aligning outer purpose and inner purpose and it and it mm. does connect to this whole flow of energy um, and passion um because the outer purpose is the tasks you have to complete and on their own they they might be on paper really boring uh create this model or um fill in these slides which is basically what everyone's basically just doing powerpoint and excel <laughs> um, but the inner purpose is is almost separate from that like why am i doing what i'm doing and as as you say actually it might be broader than just i enjoy uh problem solving it might be actually there's a bigger there's an even bigger picture of i'm doing this job now to hey maybe give me the safety net to go and try out something else later down the road um Mm -hmm. and so i think as you say taking that step back can be really helpful in 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 meaning that when you're doing the outer purpose things the actual tasks they're coming from uh, your kind of real energy and soul as opposed to just having to be hard effort which is probably where the stress and burnout comes in yeah and i think it's that sort of being mission driven it, it it that's what it sounds like as you were relaying that and describing it in that way it, it it's sort of what's that mission what's that vision there's going to be a lot of hard work to get there but mm keeping that sort of in mind I think helps don't get me wrong I've had really tough projects like low low points in in both academia and in um in consulting and then even now with them you know pursuing my passion um 
it's hard and there've been no points and I I you know I I've been burnt out before as well um, mm. and even actually coming back into this art world I've started noticing at one point I realized oh there are some things going on and I know I'm working way too hard right now and overworking mm. and if I carry on like this I'm going to burn out and I I could see those early warning signs and have had to like recalibrate um what were those signs for me it's that I cannot switch my mind off I wake up I go to sleep like there is not a moment I'm not thinking about work Mm. um even when I'm with people even when I'm out doing other things there's no distraction there's no respite from that um that for me I know is like the start of going down that road of burning out um and also the whole making not making excuses or not being able to find time to do other things I'm always like well I've got way too much to do and I'm I can't do anything else and and that when I start telling myself that narrative it's 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 it, I need to get out of that quickly and I need to force myself to do something else and take that break. Otherwise, I will carry on doing that until I burn out. Um, it's a slippery slope for me. And I know this about myself. I know this from academia um, and I know this from consulting. Um, this yeah. is why I said I think I'm a workaholic because I have the tendency to like just keep working. And my default is to just work more, work harder, which is not which is not a sustainable approach and it's also not a very smart way of working at all whatsoever. Thank you, Malti, for joining the podcast. So much in there that has actually stayed with me and really helped me in my recent decision to leave my job and go into the world of self-employment. Um, I promised you the truth about pursuing passion in this episode and I think we got it from Malti. And so I just want to distill a couple of my key takeaways. Um, firstly, Malti gave some really good practical advice around how to make that leap from a corporate job into a dream job or your own business. And three things I thought that stuck with me that she called out. Number one, she had savings. She had savings based on the earnings that she'd made from her previous jobs. And that really gave her a level of comfort to jump into the unknown where she wasn't sure when she'd start getting paid from her work as an art. And also, as she mentioned, gave her parents some comfort. Number two, another safety net. She knew she had her CV and the experience that she had to fall back on if she needed to re-enter the job market and just get another job. And number three, she had proof of concept. Initially, the idea was to take a year out and... What she found in that year out was that actually it was working out quite well for her in art. And she was able to make the decision to go full time into that world as a professional artist, having had one year and built up the proof of concept. And these things that she talked about actually really helped me in my decision to go into the self-employed world and go into business with my wife. Um, because actually, even though it's still really scary, I can look back and say, yep, yeah, I've got savings in the bank. Uh, yep, I've got a CV and a network that I can fall back on. And yeah, there's a proof of concept in the sense that my wife has already built up this business over the past few years and it's doing pretty well. 
So even though I have a voice in my head that's saying, oh my God, what are you doing? This is crazy. And you're leaving behind a great salary. I actually know that there are safety nets that can just reduce a bit of that anxiety and that fear. Then I thought what was really interesting in this episode was the level of nuance that Malti was able to bring to the whole topic of passion jobs or dream jobs. And in particular, she made the point that, well, she, she said that she didn't believe in that phrase, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Passion jobs are still jobs and they still entail work. And that's really important to uh, know, I think, from a couple of points of view, is that, um, you know, it has to be managed in the same way as a regular job in terms of ensuring that you don't burn out and you get the rest that you need. Um, but also it's work in the sense that even though you love it, even if you love it, it's still work. And if, if this is how where your mindset is, that it should still come secondary to life and the rest of life. And so she talked about, you know, for example, setting really ambitious targets in her work, but then actually questioning, being really mindful, are they needed? And actually, you know, she was saying she was willing to sacrifice some growth in order to have a quality of life outside of work, even though she would love to have that growth and she loves her work. And that's something that I'll definitely be carrying forward into going into business with my wife and making sure that First and foremost, we're always prioritizing our relationship and our quality of life, even if it comes at the detriment somewhat to the growth of the business. Finally, and leading on from this point, I thought it was really interesting. You know, you don't have to work a passion job to experience passion in your work. She said, um, you know, you, could, you should be able to find, there is an opportunity to find passion in whatever you do. Um, and this is something I certainly took away after we recorded the podcast in April and I really thought about, right, how can I bring more of me and my character and my passion and the things I love into my work, whether that's presenting to people more, or trying to get involved more in mentoring others at work and um, posting LinkedIn articles related to my job, being creative in that sense and finding my creativity there. So I think, you know, the takeaway here is for you as a listener really if you do want to go and uh if you ever thought about pursuing your dream job your passion job or going into your own business um and you're holding yourself back just really question do you need to hold yourself back or do you have the safety nets that would allow you to do that um but also question do you need to uh is there an opportunity for you to find your passion uh in your existing job even if it's only until you have the safety nets built up to go into what you really dream of doing.